Welcome everybody to another episode of La Platica. I hope you guys had an amazing, amazing Mother's Day. I know I did. I made my suegra and my mom cry. I know it's not good to cry, but I feel like I, you know, accomplished a very happy moment. We had the mariachi. We had food. So I really hope you guys enjoyed your Mother's Day. Um, you know, our moms are everything. And I saw everybody tagging us and making actually the mangoniadas and all the drinks that we've been doing on Cooking with Two Shot Karen. So that was amazing. Um, but yeah, I, like I said on the uh, on my Insta stories, I have a super special guest today. I actually started following him and Oso's on him right now. <laughs> um, I started following him on TikTok not too long ago. Uh, I would say about like three months, four months ago. Cool. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to shoot my shot. Hopefully, because, you know, on TikTok, you can actually uh, go to people's Instagram. Yeah, yeah. And I love that feature because the first thing that you think about in your head when you find somebody dope on TikTok is what's their Instagram. Yeah. So I went on his Instagram and I messaged him. And luckily for me, he responded and we weren't too far from each other. That's right. So, ladies and gentlemen, here is Lucas. Asis. That's right. Lucas, That's right. thank you so much for tuning into La Platica. I know it was um, not too much of a drive, but thank you for com c committing to being on La Platica. And I know everybody watching back at home is going to absolutely love it. Appreciate it. Appreciate it for having me. Of course. Before we get into our topic today, I want you guys to know that everybody's been DMing me about the merch. When is Saca La Botita going to come back? When is Ya Quiero Salir y Perrear going to come back? That's all coming back soon. And not only that. A lot of other new things are coming back soon, and I am super excited for you guys to actually see it. It's going to be dope. I'm super excited. I'll give you guys more information on that very soon, but let's get into the topic for today. Oh, and also, you can follow my podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and here on YouTube where you can see all these handsome faces. <laughs> all right. So, Lucas, how are you? Doing great. Yeah? Yeah. Are you a Southern California native? I'm not. You're not? No, I'm born and raised in Brazil, actually. Wow. Yeah. What part of Brazil? Uh, so I was born in Brasilia, the capital. Yeah. But my childhood was always in the south part of Brazil, like near Argentina, the state of Paraná. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so sick. And then you were how old when you came back? So the first time I came when I was about 11, uh, my dad came to study and he went to Gonzaga in Spokane, Washington. Wow. So we lived for a year over there um, and then came down to L.A. lived here for about seven, eight months. Mm. Uh, so went back to Brazil and then came back for good when I was about 16, about to turn 17. Wow. Yeah. Your English is really good. So when I was, you know, 10, 11 years old when we first moved here and I think going to a place like Spokane, Washington, where like everybody only speaks English mm -hmm. uh, was really good for our English. You mm, know, to got me, it. me and my sister. Eat. Did you all, uh, learn Spanish, uh, English as well, like in Brazil? No, we didn't. So oh, cool. when the first time I came to the U.S., we didn't speak any English. Got it. Because yeah. I did see one of your TikToks. And by the way, I know Lucas because his TikToks are, they specialize or they really pinpoint on whether I think, correct me if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. whether it be tequila, uh, mezcal, uh, just really educating people on those two. Or you also are pretty expanded on other spirits as well. Um, I'd say not as much yeah. as in agave spirit, especially tequila and mezcal. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, whiskey was probably like my f my first love uh, yeah. when it comes to craft spirits. You know what's like crazy? That. Same here. Really? I, I really enjoyed whiskey when I first started to kind of like get into drinking and, mm -hmm. you know, 
when I was a uh, a bit younger, I I love whiskey, but now I just really like tequila. Especially, uh, I, my parents are from Jalisco as well. Okay, cool. Yeah, so um, I love tequila. Same. 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 I know. I see that. <laughs> so when I actually first started seeing uh, his TikToks, they're super educational. Um, they put me on game on some tequilas that I haven't even tasted yet. Um, I bought one, so we're gonna try that out. Hopefully, he wants to have a little sip. Nice. Um, but. It's really cool. My question is like the first thing that I noticed about you is like I, I, I saw a TikTok and you said that you are Brazilian and you are something else as well. No. Just straight Brazilian. Just straight Brazilian. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. And I was telling my my fiance, I was like, it's crazy how like he's from Brazil, but he loves tequila. Yeah. So and how did that come about? Um, I think my wife. My wife's family is from Mexico. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, and that's like, you know, how I learned Spanish and how I fell in love with Mexico and Mexico culture. Yeah. The food is just the best food in the world. One of the most important foods in the world, I think. Yeah. Uh, so underrated. And um, we, you, you know, before the pandemic, we would go probably three, four times a, a, a year to Mexico. Uh, her mom is from Michoacan. Her dad is from Zacatecas. We would go more to Michoacan and then we would land in Guadalajara and spend some time there. Um and bartending in LA, you know, so I was bartending for the last 10 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that kind of gave you a lot of background, right? On exactly. everything. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, like I said, I whiskey was probably like my first love with craft spirits. That's what I really fell in love with that. But I worked with uh, this chef. His name is Sh- uh, Sean Yontz. And he's probably one of the most knowledgeable guys about agave spirits in general, especially really? tequila. And you work with this guy. Yeah, he was executive chef at the restaurant I used to work at. And uh, he's really good friends with Ron Cooper, who's the owner of Del Maguey, which is like one of the, it's a really important mezcal. A lot of It's the, the mez- sort of green bottle. Exactly, mm-hmm. that whole lineup. Uh, and they're really like responsible for bringing mezcal into the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like really good friends with uh, Guillermo Erickson Salsa, which is the guy from Fortaleza. And I just became this, like, information sponge around him. You know what I mean? Just yeah, kept asking questions. And that was literally going to be my next question. Like, how does one get into, like, all this, like, tequila education? Like, I think, it, you know, because of bartending, uh, it just worked like that. And because of him, he was so knowledgeable. So, like, people would come in to, like, do tastings with him. He would always, you know, bring me in and um, just really asking questions. And then I got to travel to tequila. got to travel to Oaxaca. And... Um, when I like kind of obsessed about something and become really, when I like try to, when I become really interested in something, I get really obsessed with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So I just kept reading and watching interviews and, uh, you know, like. Somebody like being a bartender so knowledgeable, is that because you work somewhere that's like very, like, because there's two types of bars. Well, you go get fucked up on and you order <laughs> shots and you go do that and you don't really care what the bartender says. There's other bars that I like to go to where the actual bartender or whatever you want to call the mixologist or whatnot, he's very educational on what he's giving you. He has like a whole spiel on it. Is that where you were working at or was it like a regular bar or was it a restaurant type of place? So it was kind of both Mm -hmm. Um, in the beginning. So I used to work. It's called Plan Check. um, And they had like four different locations in in L.A. before the pandemic. Now I think it's just one. Um, So in the beginning of the restaurant, it was really educational. It was more like a cocktail bar. They worked with one of the most knowledgeable bartenders in L.A. to create this awesome bar program, um, especially with like craft whiskeys, uh, craft spirits in general. And so I think that first job as a bartender there, mm-hmm. uh, the, the bartender's name is Matthew Biancanello. Uh, he's really big into like infusions and fresh ingredients. Um, so I really grabbed that knowledge from him and to that start of the of the, the restaurant. Mm-hmm. And then to be honest, in the 
probably the last year or so, last two years, uh, the restaurant didn't, you know, it was more of a place that you can get fucked up in. Got it. <laughs> uh, but those formative years of bartending was really cool because I did get to work in a place that was like really focused on the education side of bartending. Oh, okay. And you said that there used to be a couple of them, right? And now there's just one. Yeah. yeah. Is that one still here? Yeah. And where still, is this bar at? It's in Sautel, like Pico, around like the oh, Westwood okay, cool. area. And it's yeah. still a pretty popular spot? Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, they, and it, they have great burgers. And it's cool because, like, they went back to what they used to be. Uh, the place just went with a bunch of different owners and stuff like that. Got so it. The, yeah, yeah. You know, quality went down a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It happens. Do you, would you say that because I feel like your is your TikTok or your Instagram what exploded? Uh, the TikTok. Got it. Yeah. So your TikTok... Is this something that you've been working on for a while or did you hop on the TikTok train when it was pretty popping? No, no. So, or was this like three, four, five months ago? Or Yeah, I really started like posting on TikTok probably around September last year. Were you somebody who posts or is this, is it, are you kind of like a social media kind of guy? Like, for example, me and my fiance, like that's what we do. We do social right. media. We create content. Were you this are you are you this person who said you know what, I'm going to make videos or were you always into making videos? I was always into making videos. Oh, sick! Yeah, yeah. Since high school, um, oh, always cool. into making videos and like I have videos like you know from 10, 15 years ago of me and my friends just hanging out and kind of vlogging before vlogging was even. Oh thing. wow! Okay, uh, just never posted. You know, I just, so you're always recording. Exactly, I was nice. always recording. Um, and traveling is like so. I got into bartending because I wanted to travel, so I wanted to find a job that would like. Let me travel, but also make enough money to travel and yeah, vacations yeah. when I wanted, you know? Um, so before TikTok or anything like that, I would always post things about traveling and food and drinks. Uh, me and my wife, we usually travel to like, you know, places where we, we kind of like make reservations to a place and then we plan our travel. You know oh, I mean? wow. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. So I would always post those things, but it was also like personally, you know? Um, and I just had a couple just for memories. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't like, uh, and then you really decided to put it on TikTok. Yeah. And then what was that first video that you're like, Oh shit. Like it's getting like a kind of like a, like everybody's like recognizing this video. Like, so the first, one, there's always that one video yeah. that you're just like, Oh shit, I got to make another one. So that one was when I, uh, I basically just started a video saying you shouldn't buy a celebrity your own tequila. Um, and that's it. And this was before Kendall Jenner, you know, had her tequila. Okay. Uh, on the video, I actually call out like Tesla tequila and a couple of other ones and stuff. And which I, just... I love that you did that. I saw that one. <laughs> and I'm not gonna lie. The the reason why I fell into your video, it was one of those videos. It mm -hmm. was either like why you shouldn't buy tequila, celebrity tequila. And I think you were talking about the ¿Cómo se llama? The one that's from uh, The Rock. Oh, Terramana. Terramana, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, like, dang, this guy really knows what's up. So yeah. you did that video, and did that video get, like, a lot of hate, or were a lot of people actually kind of like, thank you for making this video? So that is specific, specific oh, my gosh, that specific, specific. video. <laughs> um, it, it didn't. You know, it was, a, it, people really liked it, and I think the demographic that it reached was awesome. Uh, so it was a super positive response. Um, and yeah, I just, you know, go, well, it was like a minute video just saying why you shouldn't buy it. Yeah. Why it's stressing the agave agriculture and all those things. And people responded really positive to it. So um, when you say why it's stressing the agave agriculture, what does that really mean for the people back at home that really don't understand what that means? Cause like me, I kind of understand mm -hmm. what it means. I would like to hear it as well, but like I've been to tequila, I've been to, you know, I, I have kind of like the, the story on it. Yeah. So the agave plant takes about. Say seven to nine years to fully mature. 
Um, and that's when wow, came, yeah. So it's it's something to take. It's not like corn for whiskey and that you're gonna have every. The agave plant, for those who don't know, is the big one that looks like a big ass pineapple, exactly. right? Exactly. And it has the huge. Come uh, see, I forgot what they're called. Like the big leaves. Are, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which they can actually like uh, bake them, right? They eat it yeah, as well. Yeah, and they make fibers out of it. It's just such. Yeah, a, yeah it's a really incredible plant, plant right? It really is. It really is. Um, so yeah, people back at home, the agave plant is that huge looking piña. Mm -hmm. So when it gets that big and the Himalor starts cutting it, that's already seven to nine years. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it takes forever. And like this is only the agave used for tequila, right? The blue agave. If you're talking about mezcal, some agave takes 30 years to mature. You know. So okay, real quick. So blue agave mm -hmm. is what basically is inside every tequila. Exactly. You can only make tequila and, with blue. And agave. to make mezcal is basically super aged blue agave no so okay 30 different species of agave wow uh, the only state that uses the blue agave to make mezcal is zacatecas and that's why and that's because it's it can't call it tequila because it's in zacatecas so it's called mezcal and that's the only place mezcal comes from no the one using the blue agave oh got it yeah yeah and then there's nine different states in mexico that can make uh, mezcal and then that's like 30 to 40 different species of agaves that are used. And is that only because they have the land and soil to do it? Or they're the only ones that have basically like the license or something it's to a, do it's it? It's a domination of origin. Oh. So it like, they can add more, you know? Like Puebla was probably the newest state that was added. Uh, but yeah, those are the domination. And just like tequila can only be made in the five states. So it's like Jalisco, of course, and Tamaulipas, Nayarit, um, Michoacan, and... I always forget. Uh, Guanajuato. And it's only in Mexico. Only in Mexico. Got it. Yeah. Do you feel like if they add more um, like countries to it or, or what cities or states, mm -hmm. um, does it like cheapen the... I think so. I think tequila and mezcal are like something that are uniquely Mexican and it yeah. should be kept that way. Kept there. You can make... There's agave uh, spirits coming in from South Africa. There's agave spirits coming yeah, from Australia. Yeah, because I was going to ask you, yeah. Um, and it's cool. You know what I mean? Like more agave spirits, the, the better. Uh, but the name tequila or mezcal should, should stay, stay in Mexico. Mexico. Got it. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. So coming back to the question, so mm -hmm. all these celebrity tequilas and things like that, it's basically, you said it's stunning the... The, the, the agriculture of the agave plant. Because, so, uh, you know, the... So does that mean that they're, they're cutting them earlier? Exactly. So oh. they're cutting them at like three, four years old, the latest. Because these, you know, mega distilleries... They can't wait nine years to let them the agave fully mature, and they don't really care because they use this diffuser. Diffuser is this giant machine that basically extracts all the sugar from the agave with like high-powered water pressure kind of thing. Mm. So some of them don't even have to be cooked; they just extract that and they ferment that. And then some of them they extract that sugar and then they put it in an autoclave, which just picture like a giant instapot um, that cooks the agave. Let's say high pressure and it cooks the agave really fast. Um, but it just, it hinders the taste of the tequila, you know? Um, and because the blue agave can only be grown in a small geographical area in, you know, a relatively small country like Mexico, mm -hmm. it's very rare. So if you're putting the stress in literally changing how a tequila, how a spirit is made so you can make more money and you're not rotating the crops. So you're putting stress on the ground. Oh. So, the, you know, the agave can't grow anymore. Um, wow. So it's just it. It's something that if we don't call attention to, uh, tequila has its days numbered for the tequila that we know today. You know what I mean? The the traditional the good, made, rich, exactly the traditional made tequila. I've never really thought about it like that. Yeah, that's crazy. 
Yeah, so it's not just something about like it's not just about like these people are just juicing the tequila world and making this money. It's actually really affecting the soil exactly. and the, the agriculture exactly. of tequila. Yeah. Dang. But these big companies like Jose Cuervo, they're allowing it. Exactly, right? yeah. And, and the big companies like Jose Cuervo and stuff, they're... Because Jose Cuervo is like the Coca-Cola of tequila, right? Absolutely. You know, Jose Cuervo now owns probably more whiskey than they own tequila. Tequila, you know? really? Yeah. They just bought Proper 12 from, for Conor McGregor. What? Yeah, they own Bucanas too. So, you know, which makes sense because it's they sell more Bucanas in Mexico than in the country. Than in Scotland, right? Yeah, exactly. Isn't that crazy how like Mexican yeah. culture is, is Bucanas? <laughs> it is. I think... I feel like I, I forgot if I was on Instagram and I called it Bucanas because as a Mexican, as a Mexican, <laughs> as a Mexican kid, mm-hmm. I love Bucanas, you know? Um, and someone's like, it's Buchanan's. I'm like, I know, but, you know, in Mexico, that's a go-to drink. It's, yeah. It, I think it's it got to a point where it was a more go-to drink than actual any type of tequila. Yeah, absolutely. That's crazy. Absolutely. So they bought Buchanan's. Yeah, so they bought them and then... They're buying out the farmers, you know, uh, and their land. So because they want to grow more agave. Uh, and then you have the other brands like Campari and Diageo. Diageo is the company that paid, you know, a billion dollars for Casamigos, which really started the celebrity tequila boom. Yeah. Right. Um, so and they're just, you know, it would be awesome if these companies because I get it. There's always going to be big companies and, you know, spirits. Yeah. You're always going to have. And it's not spirits. just tequila. It's everybody. Exactly. It's it's everybody. Uh, but it'll be cool because it's a plant that needs this time to mature. And because it's the agriculture is so important to this, it's not like corn that you're just going to have a harvest every year. It would be cool if these companies, you know, got five to 10 percent of their crops and did t- tequila traditionally. Yeah. You know, I think that would change the industry and we'll, we'll keep the tequila that we love. And it's funny that you say that about like the whole like Casamigos. That's why I brought it right here. Mm-hmm. It kind of started this tequila celebrity trend. Right. Right. Because, I mean, before Casamigos, was there really a celebrity trend? I mean, there was... Um, Patron is probably the... Yeah, but Patron got super famous because of the song. Mm-hmm. And but it's the guy from Paul Mitchell, right? The owner of Paul Mitchell. Oh, the that's right. Patron. It is. Yeah. So he really brought it up. Yeah. He was the first one, like an outsider to come in and make this brand. that's you know, like a global brand. But it's also not a very popular brand in Mexico. It's Nobody not. Patron, it's not, and I was about to tell everybody that too. Mm-hmm. When you go to the restaurants in Mexico, when you go to the clubs in, in Mexico, they don't even have Patron. Yeah, and this is when Patron was super popping out here, and even when 1942 was, and it still is pretty mm-hmm. popular here. Yeah, they don't really have it in Mexico either. No, it's starting to get into Mexico, like the fancy clubs, and you know, isn't I mean? that crazy? It's crazy. Damn. And these tequilas are literally made for the American market because it's the biggest market in the world. You know, Americans drink more tequila than Mexico does. That is so crazy. Yeah. Just how more Americans celebrate Cinco de Mayo. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so about 1942, mm-hmm. I feel like they actually changed the flavor. I don't think it's as good as it was three, four years ago. No, it's not. Um, and that's and probably, it's way more expensive. Exactly. And it's hard, harder to find and all that. Yeah. Which, it's all marketing, you know. Which have great the, marketing. Yeah, absolutely. Can't. Yeah, I can't deny that. Yeah. Great marketing. Uh, and that's the video that I probably have the most views on uh, when I called the down 1942. Yeah. And it's like, I get it. You know, like people are going to love that stuff and it's catered to a market. So and it's marketed so well. But talking about like the young agaves, right? The CRT, which is the governing body of tequila, allows when you distill a tequila that you can use 1% of that whole volume with additives, which doesn't sound like a lot. 
but it is because you're thinking about how concentrated these additives are, right? Mm -hmm. So they're essentially making a, you know, a tequila that's really low quality and using additives to make it taste like a tequila that you think. Which, if they use less than 1%, they don't have to tell you if there's additives or not. So mm. I can't, you know, absolutely say yes, 1942 uses these additives because there's no, you know, paperwork that can prove that. But somebody that's been tasting tequila for a while, we can tell right away when something has additives. And 1942 does. You know, um, it's owned by Diageo, which is the same company that owns uh, Casamigos now. So Diageo. Yeah. That's its own tequila as well, right? No. So Diageo is just this mega spirit brand. Uh, they're from England and they oh. own so many brands. So they, um, does that mean they own Don Julio too? They own Don Julio too. Because yeah. Don Julio and Jose Cuervo, they're not in the same no, family. They're not. No. Oh, okay. Separate. Yeah. And Don Julio has like a amazing story, you know. Um, and it's a tequila, really, that's responsible for putting tequila worldwide. Yeah. A lot of people all over the world know tequila because of Don Julio. So yeah. you can't hate on that. That's awesome. You know? Um, but it's also not what it used to be anymore. Of course. And it's kind of what Diageo is known for, for getting these brands. And then, you know. And I mean, at the end of the day, you can't really hate on it. Exactly. You know? Um, but I just love the things that you point out with because you just tell the truth. Yeah, and that's exactly it. Like, I, I want to tell the truth without, like, being a hater, you know? Yeah, and that's what I was about to say. Like, <laughs> for everybody back at home, we're definitely not hating. We all, and I'm going to speak for myself. I don't mm -hmm. know if you agree with me. I think all tequila is beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's it's all amazing. But when you actually start to be really educated on tequila, I think it's very important to know the story behind it, exactly. you know? And that's why I really wanted to bring Lucas because I think you're the shit. I think you, you're you're super educational on tequila and things like that. Um so, yeah, we're not being haters on no, anything. Yeah. You know, I still drink Casamigos. I yeah. still drink all that shit. Tequila is a good time. Um, drink what you like. I always say Yeah, that drink nervous. what you like. Drink exactly. You like. Exactly. It doesn't mm -hmm. have to be anything. The only thing that I will not ever drink is Jose Cuervo. Yeah. Especially the Jose Cuervo. I don't know what it is. It's it's the first tequila that I think my my tongue has ever touched mm -hmm. since I was a kid. Yeah. And when I have Jose Cuervo, it just reminds me of just like bad times. Yeah, especially the gold. Because to be honest, also, like Jose Cuervo is not tequila. It's called a mixto. What? So I didn't that, know that. Yeah. So that means that it doesn't use 100% blue agave. What? Yeah. So there's some mixtures in there and stuff. So it's actually a mixto. Wow, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's what's your like least favorite tequila? Like maybe say you go to a party or mm -hmm. you're a friend's house or whatever, and they have this tequila and you just would not drink it. Like what is that? Um, I mean, I, I probably would say the Jose Quiver Gold. Yeah, yeah, I, isn't I, it? I, I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> it just reminds me of literally me throwing up as an 18 year old. You exactly, know? like yeah, it's yeah, just bad. Yeah. It was probably the first tequila I ever tried in Brazil. You know what I mean? Because that's the only thing oh, we got okay. over there. Oh, is that right? Know, yeah, but I can't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, me neither, bro. Um, also, Patron, I can't do Patron. Yeah. Like, I think me and my girlfriend were at this, like, party the other day or, like, this restaurant. They had Patron, and we're just like, oh, fuck. Mm -hmm. You know, you just have that, those memories, those, and Patron was so famous. Like, yeah. it still is super famous, mm -hmm. and people still enjoy it. Yeah. What are your thoughts on um, Don Julio uh, 1970? The Cristalinos. Is yeah. that is, yeah. is, is, is seventy cristalino? Because yeah. I feel like they don't market it much as cristalino. Mm -hmm. It's just seventy. Yeah, Don Julio setenta, right? Yeah, um, the, like it's like a see through with black. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, so which I like it trend. better than nineteen forty two. That's what everybody says. Yeah. Um, so 
again, right? I don't want to sound like a hater here. I'm just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, telling the facts. <laughs> so Cristalinos are basically Añejo tequilas or tequilas that are aged more than three years. And then they're charcoal filtered. And then they say they charcoal filtered to take out the color. Uh, with that also comes the taste, right? Uh, so it is a little bit of a gimmick, to be completely honest, especially like, you know, people that are really into tequila. Uh, their Cristalinos are getting a lot of hate right now. Like Don Julio actually now has that Reposado Claro, which is the same thing. So it's tough because I know everybody likes it, but it's also, you know, it's, it's, yeah, they charcoal filter it and then they add more water. So if you oh. see it, like the Cristalinos are 35% compared to the 40% that the Añejo is. Got right? it. And even the Herradura Cristalino, which is like everybody uh, likes as well, underneath the, the, the brand, the Herradura, it says Con Jarabe de Agave. Mm. So they use so many additives on that tequila that they actually have to tell you. Oh, you know, so well, what does it mean when it says con jarabe de agave? What does that mean? So that comes to the additives, right? So like I was saying before, the CRT allows you to be the use one percent um, of additives in the whole volume of the distilled process. There's four different kinds of additives. The first one is syrups. So jarabes. Usually oh. it is syrups like agave syrups or something like that. But it can be like different syrups that gives you that like herbal uh, taste of a tequila. Mm -hmm. So they can manipulate it with that. Then they have oak extract that I can use with like aging it to look, making a tequila look like it's older than it actually is. As in the color. As in the color. Like that brownish caramel. Exactly. Look. Okay. Then they can actually use the caramel to make it sweeter. So like when you drink Casamigos, it has that like sweeter caramel, you know, that people mm -hmm, say mm -hmm. in the back. That's on purpose. That's an additive that they put in there. Um, so these additives are all used uh, to make a tequila more palatable. Uh, but again, drink what you like. A lot, like there's a lot of brands that are unshamingly using this, which is cool. You know what I mean? I just feel like there should be more of like a transparency in the, the industry. For so sure. If you use those things, just tell me. Doesn't mean that you're not going to drink exactly. it. Exactly. I just feel like everybody should know. Yeah, and it probably gives the brand a lot more respect. Exactly. As well. Yeah, yeah, and and it does. You know, there's brands out there now that are being pretty, you know, upfront. Yes, we do use this, uh, but they're, you know, people love them. Yeah, because honestly, I think at the end of the day, like, everybody who drinks tequila aren't going to be fucking tequila experts, and they don't yeah, give a fuck. With, exactly. I mean, you, these, you these, don't have to. Right? You don't have to give yeah, a fuck, yeah. you know? People just want to have a good time, whatever. But yeah, you're right. I think they, they should, and I think if brands can see this and say, hey, you know, let's just fucking be real with everybody, it's really not going to affect anything anyway. Right, right. So yeah, I think that's fucking exactly. Yeah. And, like, these additives are used on everything else. You know what I mean? Whiskey. That's what I'm saying. It's like, this fucking drink I'm drinking exactly. right now is probably the same shit as, you know, that they have on other, on other stuff. Coca-Cola, mm -hmm. Sprite, whatever it is. We're drinking it anyway. Exactly. It's just to be just be more real, exactly. I guess, you know? Yeah. Especially because when they market it as some something so majestic, exactly. you know? Exactly. That's my... And then you, you know, overprice it for so much. Like, a 1942 example, for example, you know? Uh, when that used to be 100 bucks, 120 bucks, cool, whatever, like... It is an aged tequila. People love it. But now you're seeing it for like $300. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it just yeah. leaves a little sour taste. And at the club, that shit's oh. like 800 to 1000 Exactly. So exactly. It's crazy. Yeah. And, you know, when you buy something that expensive, okay, I look at it, I'm like, okay, let's say, let's just say it's $200. I look at it, I'm like, okay, like, I'm going to drink it. Um, the marketing behind it's pretty good as well. So that adds to the price. Mm -hmm. And the bottle's beautiful, mm -hmm. you know? And sometimes you buy things to, you know, bring it somewhere. Yeah. And it's kind of like a, like a demonstration of, you know, 
hey, you know, I bought this for you. This is, you know, like, for example, I'm sure you've been to a birthday party or something like that. And you want to give a bottle to somebody. You want to give them a nice bottle. Exactly. You know, like a nice little class ass suit bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But anyways, everything's been super interesting. We're going to go on a short, short, short little commercial. You guys already know. And we'll be right back. Okay, cool, and we're back. Do you remember what we were talking about? Um, I think we're talking about how, like, at a party and something, you sometimes you want to bring a, you know, yes. a yes. nice bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, which is so true. And we and I said about the Clase Azul. Mm-hmm. Speaking about Clase Azul, um, yesterday I went to a very famous restaurant. I'm probably gonna butcher it, but it's called Nus Nusret. Okay, it's the salt uh, it's salt based restaurant. Mm-hmm. I've had the opportunity to go. Maybe like three years ago when we went to Dubai. Okay. Overpriced as shit, mm-hmm. but delicious. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big carnivore. Are you a carnivore? I am. I am. Being I, resilient. Yeah, too. exactly. I was going to say that. <laughs> I, I love going. I think it's delicious. Um, yes, it's overpriced, but whatever. You know, you're, mm-hmm. you, you know, you treat yourself, whatever. Yeah, exactly. So I went and then my friend, the one that I was with. And by the way, it's in Beverly Hills. I'm not. This is not an ad. But it's in Beverly Hills. They just opened, and Salt Bay is actually there. Oh yeah, I've seen so like if Instagram. you if you ask like for a good little steak, it comes with Salt Bay pouring all that salt and cutting it up for you. Really cool. Yeah, it's an experience. It's right? an experience. It's, yeah. it's fucking Salt Bay, dude. Yeah. It's somebody that everybody loves. You know, exactly. whatever. Um, and he literally looks exactly like the way that you picture him. Like really? fucking, you know, not too tall, fucking yeah. cut, good looking guy with a ponytail and glasses, white shirt, perfectly creased. Um, so yeah, it was, it was really good. And then, like I saw my friend, he noticed that they had this one cause it's fancy there. Yeah. And, and w- once you get there, they're like, you want the wine cart or the tequila cart? Okay. We were into wine. So we got some wine. Do you like wine? I do. So we had some really good wine. Um, it was really delicious, but my friend saw the tequila cart and there's this Clase Azul that's like a turquoise, really rough, looks like clay clay mm-hmm. they're all like clay right mm-hmm. but they're kind of smooth yeah this one was really rough it was just yeah. all that just came out it, it's like all turquoise mm-hmm. the it's whole thing a mezcal. it's a mezcal that's exactly mm-hmm. um and they made me taste it because we got two shots and they give them to you in those little really pretty um oh, nice. glasses um like i said the service there is amazing yeah but i had it and it was um I enjoyed it. Yeah. having the mezcal. Very woody. Mm-hmm. Super woody. Yeah. It's actually from Guerrero. It's a mezcal oh, really? from Guerrero. Yeah. Nice. Um, but fruity at the same time. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've, you've had it already. I haven't had that one yet, actually. Yeah. Um, I thought it was pretty good. But I feel like Clas Azul is becoming another 1942. Am I correct? Yeah. Clas Azul is a really interesting brand because... So this guy, uh, he's from Guadalajara. And he... Put out two tequilas uh, back in the day. Um, I saw your TikTok. What tequilas were those again? Uh, So one was like a pomegranate flavor. Exactly. And And then the other one was just a bunk one that just both of them never did anything. Right. And the bottle was like really cheesy. Yeah. Like this guy with a sombrero. uh, El Toporocho. Something like that. Yeah. The first one. And and they both tanked. Right. uh, Right away. So uh, and he said it. He was like the tequila wasn't good. The bottle wasn't good. So he went to business school. And in business school, he just, you know, studied marketing as well. Mm-hmm. And he pretty much thought, 
well, what if I put the same tequila in a really pretty bottle? Which he did, and we have Clase Azul, right? So it's something that he's also not ashamed of. He knows that tequila wasn't good. He just went to marketing school, also started taking some like clay he admitted that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, people love the bottles, and they're, it's a pretty bottle. Really, you know? really nice. And I can come here and say, like, it's not a good tequila. He has a gold tequila. I have a bottle. Somebody gifted me a bottle of the gold tequila, uh, which is awesome. You know what I mean? Like, it's a, it's a really rare bottle to have. You'd rather drink Clase Azul, though, than 1942? Or I, the same thing to you? It, I think it's a little bit different. because If, if you're just talking about, like, the, the blue and white, like, traditional Clase Azul, mm-hmm. I think I would drink the 1942, to be honest. Uh, but the thing with Clase Azul, there's just so many different ones now, right? So yeah. he has, like, the gold one. He has the regular one. He has the Reposado, Añejo. Now he's doing Mezcal. Um so you can talk about the tequila and then the tequila not being good. It's actually made at the same distillery that like Terramana is with the rock. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, but this guy employs like almost a whole little town wow. in Mexico. You know what I mean? Most of them are women. Uh, he pays for their uh, school tuitions for their kids. He feeds them, gives them no transportation. Way. So there's this side of the bottle that is really... It's more than the alcohol. Exactly. It's like responsible for an economy of a little town. So who am I to come over here and say... Yeah. Don't drink class as yeah. because it's this. Well, thanks that, for sharing that because now everybody, myself, back at home, <laughs> I think I'd rather buy the class as bottle now because I know where it's coming from. Yeah. And are these women are the ones who actually make the bottles? Yeah, yeah exactly. Damn. Yeah, so these are all made by hand. I believe so. I, I don't know if like the, the, the big one of the black and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the white yeah. and blue one is, but especially the Guerrero one, the, he has one from Dia de los Muertos that it's like an absolutely beautiful bottle. Uh, they're going for like $10,000. Yeah. You know? I, yesterday crazy. when we had that drink, one of my friends mentioned that there's like only like three or four people in the world that have all the collection. But yeah, like he has he has a one bottle that I think is $30,000. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even think if I had all the money in the world. I, I mean, if you have all the money in the world, mm-hmm. why not, right? But if I was a millionaire, I don't think I can... I wouldn't either, to be honest. You know, it's it becomes a collectible. Yeah. You know, like it's not about the tequila anymore. Yeah, because they're the saying like Ferrari designed one and mm-hmm. like Dia de los Muertos, yeah. things like that. So yeah. it's it is a collect collector's thing. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Which goes back to you know being more about the bottle than the tequila. Exactly, but yeah. that's really cool that he employs that whole little. It's probably like a little pueblo or something. It is. It is. Yeah. When you went to Tequila Jalisco, you were super excited. I'm assuming. Yeah. How was it? Was it amazing? It was amazing. Such a good trip. Um, so what? I talked to the. Go ahead. I'm sorry. What um, I was. What places did you visit in Tequila? But go ahead and, and first talk about what you're about to say. No. So the the chef that I used to work with. Uh, so when I told him, you know, hey, I'm going with some friends to Tequila. Uh, we were actually going for a friend's wedding. They were getting married around like an hour away from Tequila. So mm. we made the trip a little bit a little bit longer and spent some time in the city. Um, and he put together uh, a little tour for us. A little itinerary? Yeah, Sick. exactly. That's the best, awesome. bro. So awesome. Because what do people do when they go to Tequila? They go to the Jose Cuervo one. Exactly. And you take the train and all that kind of things, right? So, But which, I want it to be like the... Which are good options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because absolutely. the train is amazing. Yeah. You go from Guadalajara, I think, to Tequila. Exactly. And you're just getting fucked up on the exactly. way there. Um, and the Jose Cuervo is really beautiful. The, are, are they called the the sti- sti- distilleries? Yeah, distilleries. Cool. Distillerias, yeah. Um, Mezcal is called Palenques. And, Palenques. Uh, yeah. So which one did you go to? So I went to Fortaleza, uh, which is Los Abuelos in, in mm-hmm. Mexico, uh, which was an amazing tour. Um, Fortaleza is probably the most traditionally made tequila, um, especially the brands that we know. I'm sure there's, you know, yeah, yeah. somebody's grandpa making yeah, yeah, really yeah. traditional tequila. But like the, out of the brands that you can find easily, yeah. Fortaleza is the most traditional made. Um, 
so we got to see the whole process, you know, the, the cooking of the agave. They use like this 120 year old steam boiler to cook the agave. Um, the, they you still use the taona, which is that big rock wheel that's oh, yeah. the agave, yeah. you know. Um, Dude, and like the employees there, they're like super dressed, still traditional. Like, yeah. the, I just said earlier, they're himadores. The himadores, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, using the same traditional things yeah. and they're still, you know, in the fields doing it. It's really beautiful. Yeah. Like they're still fermenting, you know, in like big wooden uh, tanks. Yeah. Uh, only two distilled pops, which is crazy. And the distillers are beautiful over so there. So beautiful. Like, you, I feel like you can like record a movie, like a novella oh, or something sure. there. It's so beautiful. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. My my family, my mom was born 30 minutes from there in a oh, pueblo wow. called Atzatlan, Jalisco. Shout out everybody from Atzatlan, Jalisco. Um, and we always go, bro. Did That's you cool. Did you end up going to the the? It's called Cantaritos del Güero. I didn't. Did I you didn't hear about it though? Yeah. You so know I what it is, right? right? Before, yeah, okay. Yeah. I seen all the videos. Yeah, uh, so before like three tequilas. Exactly. Oh, it's a, it's a vibe for <laughs> I sure. I gotta make it there. Yeah. Yeah. So you've only been to tequila once, though. Yeah. So I went there, and then I went to Arrete, which is like down the street from Fortaleza. Um, and though there's a lot of the tequila is made outside of tequila, they're made in Los Altos. Uh, the Jalisco, you know, so yeah, yeah. there's not a lot of distilleries in tequila, which a lot of people I think are surprised with. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Arrete and Fortaleza are great ones that if you're in tequila. Yeah, uh, we went to Aradura and Aradura was oh, really nice. beautiful as yeah. well. They have like some sort of underground barrel like place. It was really oh, sick. Really? Like yeah. Big almost. yeah, it was really, cool. really nice. And then they have like, you know, the tastings and whatnot. But, you know, you can tell that's a little bit more corporate there. Mm-hmm. But still beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful state, area. right? Mm-hmm. I definitely got to go back. And then I don't know if you've seen, but they have like, and I think it's tequila. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you can stay in where it looks like you're in a. The rooms look like big ass barrels. Yeah. I stayed there. That's you we did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, how was that? It was super cool. Yeah, my cousins when they live in Guadalajara, and they're like, it was actually really nice. Yeah, it was really nice. It was yeah. a really nice hotel. And I feel like they have a bomb ass restaurant. So when we went, there were like I think they were, weren't open for that long, so mm. the restaurant wasn't fully open was yet. Was pre COVID? Yeah, pre COVID. Oh, okay. It was like back in 2018. Got it. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it was it's beautiful hotel, I and mean, we like we went for Thanksgiving because uh, our friends were getting married the day after Thanksgiving. Uh, and we you know we just sat down with our friends and they got a little bonfire for us and uh, we just stayed there all night. Super chill, out. super chill. Man, times like those are just like the best. Every time I go to Mexico, I always feel like you just wake up and you just live your life. Exactly. I love Mexico. Yeah, love it. And you said your wife is from where? Uh, so her mom's from Michoacan and her dad is from Zacatecas. Oh, nice. Yeah. And you've been to both? I've been to both, yeah. And yeah. is she in like a type of family that they go all the time? Yeah, absolutely. We used to go a lot. Uh, we haven't gone, you know, and we're all vaccinated now, so hopefully soon we'll be able to go yeah. again. But her family's from Uruapan, Michoacan, so oh nice. Uh, we, yeah, we used to go. I haven't been to Michoacan, but everybody tells me it's so beautiful, so and I beautiful. can't wait to go places that I've never been in Mexico: Michoacan, Oaxaca, mm-hmm. and I've been wanting to go to Yucatan as well. Yeah, but, me too. And the city of Mexico, which I heard is insane. That's one of the cities that I, when I went, I was like, I would move here tomorrow. Really, if I find a job. In a in a place really? tomorrow, I'm moving. I love, dude. I heard they have the best restaurants in the they world. Do. That's one of the places that we were talking about, like how for Puyo, which is a uh, probably one of the best restaurants in Mexico, one of the best restaurants in the world from Enrique Olvera. Um, we booked a reservation and then we like bought our tickets and everything else. Oh no know? way! Yeah, but from like you know world class restaurants to like you know tacos de pastor. Yeah. Uh, I love Mexico City. And the bar scene in Mexico City is insane. Lucas has put me on game, right? Mm-hmm. 
And I went to my local Bevmo. Um, but before I even talk about this, I want to let you know that the other day I was with a friend at a little barbecue. And he had this tequila called Ocho. Yeah. Ocho, right? And it's made by... Tomás Estes. Well, it's made by Carlos Camarena. Okay. Uh, in Los Altos de Jalisco. Uh, but it was a venture with him and Tomás Estes, who actually passed away about two weeks ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Rest in peace. He was yeah. a visionary in the industry, for sure. Wow. Yeah. What a great tasting tequila. It's good stuff, right? Super good. So the guy was there, and it was so crazy because... I already told you to come like way before mm -hmm. and he had it. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, I know about this. I was like, yeah, th this guy, his name's Carlos Camarena because you taught me that. Yeah. And his signature is on it. That's right. He goes, dude, this shit is so fucking good. That I haven't tasted it yet, but I heard this shit is so fucking good. It's about like a $70 bottle, I think, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. 70, 80. Mm -hmm. um, and he goes, really? He goes, yeah, me and my dad, he, he he's the one that gave it to me. And uh, last time we like drank the whole thing and we had a great time. And I was like, wow, I had a, um, I put it in a shot glass because we were going to take shots. And I was like, hold on, let me sip it first. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not taking a shot out of this. I'm sipping it. It was delicious. I had yeah. two of them. Yeah. It's really good, good stuff, man. And it's such a, uh, like when I said that Tomas Esa was a visionary in the industry. So he was the first one to like actually say that terroir, which is basically a, it's a term really used for wine, right? So it's like what grows around it, how it grows, when it grows, everything around a grape. Uh, tells you where it's from and he said that agave has the same thing oh uh, so this was the first tequila to actually like introduce that concept of yeah. terroir into a tequila so that's why every bottle has like the year it was harvested in the ranch it was harvested in and that's why none of the bottles taste the same oh because they're all from different ranches so it's like showcasing for everybody that like yes terroir is a major factor in tequila which a lot of people you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Would say it wasn't Ultra also has like a brother tequila, mm -hmm. and I think I got it. Okay, so cool. Let me. Does this one look familiar? Yes, that's Carlos Camarena as well. Is this is this the more popular Carlos Camarena one, or is this? By the way, this is um, El Tesoro Blanco, and I think the lady said that there's also a really good añejo. Yeah, they have, but that. they didn't have it. Yeah, they have an añejo which is really good, and they have that extra añejo. That's like one of super the sweet. Yeah, everybody's looking for it right now. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like you're making this tequila popular because I'm not <laughs> gonna lie, bro. When I first started following you, you're the one that said El Tesoro. Yeah. Like I've never heard about this tequila. Oh, man. After you said it, I see it everywhere. That's crazy. <laughs> Look, I'm I'm not joking. It, 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 you know, the power of social media really does have an effect. I'm not saying that maybe you did or you didn't, but I think you did. Hey, <laughs> um, El Tesoro. Yeah. A fucking give my man a check. Hey. <laughs> Reach out to um, <laughs> I wanted to have like a like a little sip with you with this because you're Absolutely. the one that put me on. So is that cool with you? Absolutely. So let me open it. Um for the people back at home, like I said, this is El Tesoro. Um Blanco. Do you yes. like the Blanco? I'm a Blanco guy. Oh really? Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, Perfect. Yeah. Good thing I bought this because I was like, oh, hopefully he's not an añejo guy, which mm. eh, I think when you're a tequila guy, you're an everything guy. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. I like añejo too. There are just so many now. I get so many messages of people asking, like, hey, you know this one, yeah. this one. It's like, it's hard I to... I like the ones where you're, you're always like, um, like, I got this comment and then it yeah. says to try this or that. I like, so here, I got it, you know, blah, yeah. blah. And then you like talk about it. Right. I like those the ones that you do. That's those cool. are dope. That's cool. So I don't have those fancy glasses that you have, which oh, are really? called what? 
The <laughs> they look like they look like cups, but they're kind of fluty. Yeah, it's kind of like the Glencarn. Yeah, uh, yeah. People use it for like whiskey. Whiskey. And stuff. Okay. I had a double one. I think it's really good, but. Yeah, I could have sworn I had some, and then I was looking for it before you got here, and I just didn't know. So, <laughs> all good, man. I think this should work fine, yeah, right? Absolutely. Um, so, is there a way to sip? You know, I'm, I'm sure you've been taught in tequila or from your friends. Yeah. And how is there it? a proper way to taste tequila? Um. Yeah, um, I'm not one of those guys that you're like. Yeah, 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 I know to, what you mean. Yeah. You know. Um, but one of the things that I, uh, you kind of want to see the legs in the tequila. So that's like, basically see how like, it's like an oily, silky finish. Yeah. So it it's kind of like glass. with wine, right? Exactly. Tequila and, and like mezcal and tequila, agave spirits and general have a lot of similarities to wine. Um, and then another thing is that you want to smell it with your mouth open. That's just because it, you get more of it's it. It's kind of like you smell and taste it at the same time. Exactly. You, you like taste the smell. Yeah, exactly. Got it. Exactly. So I just like to, you know what I mean? And then you get like that cooked agave, mm-hmm. uh, very vegetal. You know, like tequila is supposed to be vegetal, almost like okay. basil and cucumber kind oh, of thing. Oh, really? You know? Nice. Yeah. And then after that, you just do one sip to coat the mouth. And then another sip. And that's kind of like when you swirl it around. And it's just. Oh, Wow. You know, it's great. It's like it, I get that cooked agave, super vegetal, bro. It's a like little sweet, right? And it's okay. What's the first thing people do when they? Because okay, people back at home probably sipping it like this, I like <laughs> right? Because you know, but no, with this one, you don't get that. Exactly. You don't get that alcohol rubbing alcohol type yeah. of like. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. This is really smooth. Yeah. Super ex- smooth. Exactly. Man. And like th- those things that have to do with tequila that people think tequila, they think that like super harsh and like really bad hangovers and stuff. Those are all the chemicals and the additives that are being used. And the used. sugars, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's like when they say like when you have mixed drinks that are really sugary, you'll mm-hmm. get a hangover, exactly. which is true. Exactly. Because More you're sugar. alcohol, which... Got yeah. it. Sugar, sugar is the one that gives you the hangover. Like as a Brazilian, caipirinhas. Uh, which is probably it's, it's like one of the most popular cocktails in the world. I don't know why it's not popular in the U.S. What's it called? Caipirinhas. Caip- it's like caipirinhas. Yeah, it's Brazil's national drink. Uh, oh. It's a Brazilian rum called cachaça, lime juice, and sugar. That's it, right? And you're at the beach or like at a barbecue. You, the best. Oh, the best. But so it's, it's so it's, much sugar. It's that drink that does it taste kind of rummy? A little bit. Like Brazilian rum has a little bit of like a funk to it. So the difference with Brazilian rum and regular rum is that. It's because regular rum, they use a molasses. So they make a molasses with the sugarcane and then they ferment it. Brazilian rum is just straight sugarcane juice fermented. So it's a little funky, um, but like in a really good way, like grassy, you know. Got it. So it's not super rummy on a capirinha, especially because there's like all the lime and stuff, but it's the worst hangover of your life. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) So it's the worst hangover? (laughs) Exactly. Dang, I need to try that. Yeah, it's really good, man. My friend's Argentinian, okay. and he drinks the... What's the number one Argentinian drink? Fernet. Fernet con, Fernet con, Fernet con, coca. con coca. I love that stuff. Yeah, it's good, right? Yeah. It's very refreshing. It is. When I first had it, I was kind of like, oh, it's kind of like cold gatey, mm-hmm. like very Listerine-y. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, it's good. I mean, he was on the podcast, and I remember we were drinking a little oh, bit, and cool. that's what he likes. He likes Fernet. And uh, yeah, we were having a great time with Fernet. I love Fernet, man. Super good. Yeah. It's like bartender's mouthwash, they call it. Oh, really? Is yeah. that what it is? Yeah. Oh, my God. 
if you want to be friends with the bartender, buy them a shot of Fernet. Oh, really? They yeah. like that? It's like a bartender's thing. Are you in the bartending industry still? No, no. Oh. So after everything shut down, I started doing this online thing, uh, posting, you know, cocktail recipes and tequila things on social media. I've been doing that for right now. Uh, and it's on Instagram? On Instagram and TikTok. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to link all your Instagram ac- accounts you. here and on the one, the TikTok one and the link in the bio. So make sure to check that out. But you have also like a website, no? Where I'm going to launch the website soon. Got it. Because I saw something like that. Like, oh, cool. Or maybe it was an article or something like that. I, yeah. So there was the one video that I called out Kendall Jenner for her tequila. And that's the one that really went viral and exploded everything. I saw um, that one and I was yeah. like, ooh. <laughs> that was so cool that you did. Because not a lot of people have the boss to even talk about things like that. Mm. For people back at home that haven't seen the TikTok, what was the TikTok? So, people started, like, I think it was a girl on TikTok that found out that Kendall Jenner was going to come out. With yeah, I saw that one, too. Yeah. yeah. So, people started tagging me on that video because I had the one that I called Celebrity Tequila out already. Um, so, people just started tagging me. So, I watched it. I love how like, you're, like, people's, like, pillow. And, like, everybody's <laughs> like, hey, make sure you hit up Lucas. Look at, look, look at Lucas. Look at what they're doing, Lucas. It's Isn't crazy. that cool, though? It's, it's kind of cool. Yeah. It's good. Like, all the... The videos that go viral about tequila, like the girl that was like, you can't t- take a shot of tequila. People need Lucas's confirmation <laughs> and approval. That's what I do, honestly. Hey. Like, if Lucas doesn't like it, nobody should like it. <laughs> I appreciate that. It's yeah. a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah. No, but um, I saw the video and yeah. you basically like, you know. I just called her out and I said, you know, because the, the video that she also posted, it was like her saying that it was the best tequila she's ever had. And in the last four years, they've been working so hard to make this tequila. She was trying tequila, you know, with like little fridge uh, ice cubes. Uh, so all these like little red flags, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I called her out on it and I said, hey, this is actually culture appropriating when you're coming in and you're saying that you make the best tequila when you don't know anything about the industry. Right. And you're changing how a spirit is culturally made just so we can make more money. Mm. So, but I'm not gatekeeping tequila and saying that only Mexicans can make tequila. There's a lot of foreigners in the industry that are you know, celebrate it like Tomas Estes with, uh, mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. Ocho. Um, so that video, you know, went viral and like, I really, I was up about to walk out the door and I told my wife, let me record this video real quick. Oh, really? It was one of those? It. Yeah. And then I got my phone six hours later and it was like blown up and it was on Good Morning America. Shut up. Was yeah. it really? Yeah. <laughs> that video was? That video was like Yahoo oh, I didn't know was that. calling me and InStyle Magazine was calling me. So it was crazy. Oh, my God. That's so fucking cool. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, even, like, the little things that they were saying, like, I think she, like, called it an anejo or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So, it's, like, little things like that, like, you could at least, like, try it a little bit, right? And even, like, the grammar on the bottle, right? Like, it said anejo, anejo tequila. It didn't have the anejo? Blanco tequila. Oh. Repostado tequila. Um, and it's, like, no, it's tequila blanco. Like, you're getting, like, nobody in your, you know, group told you. Have like, you hey, tried that tequila? Is it I even haven't. out? It's not out yet, which is funny. Because it's been it was- delayed, and then now she's releasing it, I think, only in California. But the labels are changed. Now it says tequila blanco. Tequila reposado. Really? She changed the whole packaging. Damn. Yeah. So I'm not saying it was me, because there was a oh. bunch of people calling her out as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Uh, which is cool. I'm glad she changed it, you know? Um, and I, I just wish some celebrities will... Uh, did you get a lot of hate on that video or more people actually like respecting that you actually did it? You know, it was interesting on TikTok. It was like 95 percent positive. Everybody was like, it's awesome. On Instagram, it was like 75 percent hate, uh, which came from a lot of 
yeah, yeah. older. People, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you can see how the demographic changed. Um, but I think people just got caught up in the fact that I said it was culture appropriating that was like gatekeeping tequila and i'm like i'm not doing that i'm just saying what she said yeah you know when her actions are yeah i'm interested to see how it tastes yeah yeah i mean i'm gonna be honest with you man it's made at one of the biggest distilleries uh they make like a hundred and something brands got um, it so well, all it's gonna be it's gonna be the same juice as all the other brands that they produce they're just gonna tweak a little bit of the additives and make it taste like something else something you know? else yeah. yeah that's what they do that's all the big brands are all like that now wow there's so much to learn about tequila. It is, man. It is. And, and this is just tequila. You know, if you want to get I into know. mezcal. And, like, I love tequila. I can talk about tequila for days. Uh, but mezcal is probably my, my true love. Oh, really? Uh, and then that gets overwhelming of how different every mezcal is and all the different types of agave and the terroir. And, like, only one type of mezcal is made with, like, a farmed agave. All the other ones are made with wild. Oh. So people are literally hiking these mountains and... Finding these agaves that have been growing for 30 years, you know. So mezcal can only be a mezcal if the thing is aged over 30 years? No. So for it to be called a mezcal, it has to be made in the nine different states. Um, Oh, yeah. That's number one. But so as far as the agave goes, um, it really depends. There's just 30, 40 different kinds of species of agave that they can use. So it can be like this. Padin is the one that's farmed. The majority of uh, mezcal is made with espadín. And then you have the cupreatas, which is like mostly made in Michoacán. And then you have the tobalas, which are like uh, in the highlands of Oaxaca, super hard to find, small agaves. Yeah. Um, So there's just so many like, you know, uh, different kinds that you can have. So you'd rather drink mezcal than tequila? If I had to choose, yes. Oh, wow. Because you like it more. Because you said you're a whiskey guy, so that kind of makes sense because... Mezcal mm-hmm. is a little bit more on the woody, more... Yeah, yeah, it depends on the... And that's why, like, mezcal is so, like I say, overwhelming, because it's just so different, you know? Um, I On a video, I kind of called it, and actually, this was from a class that I took with Dan Wagay. Uh, imagine when you steam, like, a chicken, uh-huh. right, versus roasting a chicken. Both oh. can be delicious, right, if you put the right stuff on it. But the steamed chicken, you kind of know what it tastes like already. Mm-hmm. The roasting can be so different. It's more complex. So that's a good way because that's how they're cooked, right? Traditional made tequila is steamed. Uh, mezcal is roasted. It's not smoked like most people say. And then I'm assuming that people that use it also have different ways of roasting it or exactly. or seasoning it. Exactly. Okay, got exactly. it. So it, it can be more complex. Yeah, it's way more complex oh, than wow. tequila is. Okay. Yeah. And I can which is even, Which is really cool. Yeah. And that's why agave spirits are so underrated. It's honestly the best spirit the world um it's been made for generations it's it's moonshine you know mezcal is moonshine um, mexican moonshine exactly wow um you being from los A- los angeles mm-hmm. area what are like some top three like really cool tequila slash mezcal bars um so i have to say gracias madre uh they probably have the biggest mezcal collection gracias madre is the vegan option exactly. restaurant super delicious exactly uh, they have a amazing bar director. Uh, this guy is awesome. Uh, their cocktail program is amazing. Yeah, uh, and their mezcal and their owner Ivan. Uh, I met them. He knows uh, what's up. He knows what's up. Yeah, um, I met them a couple of weeks ago. Great, great guy. Uh, true, true lover of mezcal. Mm. Um, yeah, and he has other ones too. Right, he has the Madre on Fairfax. That's amazing as well. They're opening different restaurants. So anything with the Madre team, oh really? I recommend. Yeah. 
Gracias, yeah. madre, everybody, for a good yes. drink. Yes. I've been to Gracias, madre, many times. Yeah. And that's one thing that I have. I didn't know the whole, like, that they have a really good, like, team. Mm -hmm. But I always knew that their drinks there are so fucking good. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've check also, out Beer Ghost on Instagram. He's awesome. Beard Ghost? Beer Ghost. Beer. Yeah. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. I used to live in downtown for a couple years. Yeah. And there's this tequila bar in downtown. I don't know if you've ever been to it. It's called Las Perlas. Yeah. Have you been to Las Perlas? I, I have, yeah. What are your thoughts on Las Perlas? Las Perlas is awesome. And I think they're also responsible for like making Mezcal really popular, especially in L.A. Um, and I love the name, too. Las Perlas. Yeah. yeah. So basically, that's how you tell if a Mezcal is good or not. So if you get a bottle of Mezcal that's made the right way and you shake it, you have all these pearls for men in the bottle. Oh, really? Yeah, it's Las Perlas. So that's why the name of the bar is called Las Perlas. Oh, I didn't that's know that. That's how you tell if a mezcal is really good or not. If you're in the downtown area and you or you're visiting Los Angeles, please go visit Las Perlas. They just opened. They so, did, yeah. 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 So please. Dude, I, I know the, 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 the bartender there. His oh, name nice. is Miguelito. Okay, cool. Um he's uh he's the shit. Nice. Like he always recommends me like really good mezcal. And it's just such a vibe there. <laughs> Yeah. Like the way that they have everything decorated yeah. is amazing. Great collection of mezcal. Um, yeah. And sometimes they have like, you know, taco trucks and stuff. And the, yeah. We would stuff. go on Tuesdays and on, I forgot. And sometimes they have live bands, mm -hmm. live mariachis. Yeah. Really good music regardless. Their collection is really good. And the pricing, the pricing there is so mm -hmm. sick. And I went to it when it was just kind of like a really cool, like hole in the wall bar, right. which is still really nice. And then throughout the years, it's just super packed now. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But it's really nice. It's really nice. I really recommend it there. Um, it got to a point where my girl's always like, you always want to go to Las Perlas. Let's try somewhere else. But it's like, why am I going to gamble right? having a great time when I know I'm going to have a great time at Las Perlas? So either we go somewhere else, but we always end up at Las Perlas. Yeah. Yeah. It's really I cool. Las Perlas. Well, Lucas. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I know that we can be here for hours and hours and hours, especially drinking. <laughs> I'm going to put all your tags underneath here. Um, everybody, please go follow Lucas. He will put you on game. Um, keep doing what you're doing. I know that this is just the beginning. I know that this is, I know for a fact that whatever you're doing right now is going to sprout into something else. I'm sure you have other plans in the future, dreams like everybody else. Um, I think that your education and your words towards the beautiful tequila and mezcal are going to take you to a lot of places. And next time you go to tequila and next time you go to the city of Mexico or wherever you go, please invite me. Absolutely. And um, like I said, thank you for tuning into La Platica. Everybody uh, watching this, I know for a fact is enjoying it. You know, we're just tequila people over here. So I had to have you. And I know this is not going to be the last time I have you on the show. I would love to have you again. And once again, everybody, round of applause for Lucas. I appreciate you coming here. Thank you. And once again, you can also find my podcast on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and here on YouTube, where you can see our super handsome faces. Uh, so I appreciate everybody who tuned in. Another one off the books. Thank you, Lucas. Y nos vemos en la próxima plática. Estás escuchando la plática. Thank you, Lucas. Thank you. This is awesome.